The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta. At Delta Airlines, we're committed to donating 1% of our net profits to charities around the world. For more information about Delta, visit Delta.com. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, June 22nd. In today's news, the trade war is getting real. The National Enquirer sent drafts of stories to Trump's team before they were published, and Charles Krauthammer has passed away. But first, the big idea. Confusion reigns at the border and in Congress on immigration. President Trump's executive order ending family separations has sparked widespread confusion as officials struggle even two days later, to understand the president's directive. A senior Customs and Border Protection official told the Washington Post on Thursday that the agency would freeze criminal referrals for migrant parents who cross illegally with children. But then, the Justice Department insisted that their zero-tolerance policy will remain in force. And despite the ongoing outcry over the separation of more than 2,300 migrant children from their parents since the start of May, Trump administration officials remain unwilling to give assurances that the families will be reunited swiftly. In scenes reminiscent of the botched Muslim ban in the early days of the Trump presidency, federal agencies Thursday were largely left to interpret the sudden changes ordered by the White House and figure out how to implement them. A family separation system that had been planned and tested over several months vanished with the signing of the president's pen. There was no stated plan to reverse its effects. Administration officials held a meeting Thursday night at the White House to grapple with the conflicting understandings of what the executive order is meant to do. People familiar with the discussion say the president has indicated that what he cares about most is just taking the political heat off of himself. Meanwhile, the Pentagon announced that it is actively preparing to house up to 20,000 unaccompanied migrant children on military bases in the coming months. And the Justice Department formally asked a federal judge to waive the limit on how long the government can detain immigrant families together. Right now, they're restricted from doing so for more than 20 days. Attorneys who are assisting migrant parents have struggled mightily to find separated children, often running up against the mixed messaging from the federal government. One legal aid organization, the Texas Civil Rights Project, is representing more than 300 parents and has been able to track down only two of their children. Natalia Cornelio from the group told us, quote, either the government wasn't thinking at all about how they were going to put these families back together or they decided they just didn't care. Government officials respond that they've given detained parents a flyer with a toll free number for the Office of Refugee Resettlement, the U.S. agency that's in charge of providing shelter for the unaccompanied immigrant children. But one lawyer says that not a single one of her clients has received such a flyer. And several lawyers say that when they have called that number, Often no one answers. In some cases, when someone did pick up, the person refused to offer details of where the children have been taken. And on Capitol Hill, facing certain failure if they forged ahead, House Republican leaders decided to postpone until next week a vote on an immigration bill intended to unite the GOP. Instead, a fractious Republican conference and Trump's equivocations have hamstrung leadership as they try to rally support for a Republican-only bill. On Thursday, the House rejected the more hard line of two measures that were going to be brought up, 231 to 93. That bill would have significantly limited legal immigration and given dreamers only an uncertain reprieve. But the president left Republicans confused about which bill he preferred, 
and signaled to House lawmakers in a tweet Thursday that they need not bother passing anything because their bills stand no chance in the narrowly divided Senate. The bill that is now slated to be voted on next week would provide $25 billion for Trump's border wall, offer a pathway to citizenship for young undocumented immigrants, and keep migrant families together in detention centers. But conservatives oppose this measure, believing that it amounts to amnesty for the dreamers. Days of images and reports about children torn from their parents have largely failed to change that dynamic. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, India just imposed retaliatory tariffs on American products, massively increasing levies on almonds, apples, and some metal products. The tit-for-tat measure is designed to match the amount they're losing because of the steel and aluminum import duties that Trump imposed earlier this year. India is the world's biggest buyer of U.S.-grown almonds, so farmers in the Central Valley of California are going to get hit hard. India's levies are much smaller compared to the ones imposed by China overall, but the gesture has important symbolism because they're the world's largest democracy, and this could cause further strain as we try to improve military cooperation. Moreover, what's happening could have profound consequences for the American economy. New studies out this morning show that if Trump follows through on his most extreme tariff threats, our economy could sputter. One new nonpartisan estimate says that if threats against China alone become reality, up to 2 million Americans could lose their jobs. Another economist who used to advise John McCain says that the tariffs threaten to wipe out the gains from the tax cuts for most middle-class Americans. Number two, during the 2016 campaign, the National Enquirer sent all of its Trump-related stories to his longtime lawyer and consigliere, Michael Cohen, before they were published. This is a highly, highly, highly unusual and unethical practice in the journalism industry. But it speaks to the nature of Trump's friendship with the chief executive of the publication's parent company, American Media. It also underscores the material support that Trump was offered by the tabloid throughout his campaign. And frankly, since he took office, the sharing of material with Cohen matters because federal prosecutors are investigating his relationship with the company. The government is interested in his efforts to quash negative stories about Trump during the campaign, especially those about women who made allegations of extramarital affairs and sexual assault against him because he potentially violated campaign finance laws in the way he went about it. Two women who were paid hush money by Cohen have alleged that their own lawyers were in cahoots with him and they got snookered into bad deals because of it. Number three, Charles Krauthammer, the Pulitzer Prize-winning conservative columnist, passed away from intestinal cancer on Thursday. He was 68. A star of page and screen, Krauthammer was one of the highest-profile commentators of his generation. In addition to his syndicated weekly column in the Washington Post, he was ubiquitous on cable television. Charles graduated in 1975, from Harvard Medical School, on time, despite a freak diving accident that left him a quadriplegic. He practiced psychiatry before a restless curiosity led him to switch paths. Instead of diagnosing patients, he would analyze the body politic. He will be missed. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, June 22nd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Homan. I'll talk to you on Monday.